0: Welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast, and I want to say a special thanks to listeners on Anchor FM. Um, we've had a lot of good feedback on Anchor, and honestly, I think we kind of just really love the platform. So we're going to be doing more stuff on there. Uh, so you can go and download the, Am- the you can go and download the Anchor FM app and search Cars Unfiltered, and we will pop up there. We'll have our podcasts on there in episode form, and then we'll also have news segments. Um, So today, we have the three amigos, I guess you could say. (laughs) Uh, I'm Tom, and we have Adam. Howdy. And Mike. Hey, how's it going? Cool. So today, so over the weekend, well, I guess, I think it was Friday, wasn't it? Um, Some pretty big news happened um so yeah adam you want to talk about some of the big the big car news that's all over the internet right now
1: (laughs) well i mean i'm sure i'm sure most of our listeners are already aware but uh you know tesla surprised us at their uh their semi unveiling with a new roadster now the semi's cool i'm not a truck driver so i mean it's you know it's cool but and it's interesting but i you know i don't know it'd be fun to drive but the roadster now the roadster was really awesome it was an awesome surprise there um i don't know if the, if you all remember like when the original roadster came out in 2008 and it was just you know it was that lotus platform um i thought that was really cool i mean it was one of the first correct me if i'm wrong it wasn't one of the first real evs out there
0: no yeah yeah for sure but it but it was one of the like It was kind of like the longest range, fastest. It was kind of like if you added up all its qualities together, it was like the best one at the time.
1: Right. It was it was the best of the best in 08 when it came out. And uh, of course, Tesla's done some awesome stuff with their EVs now. But now announcing this new Roadster, the specs on this thing are nuts. I'm sure most of our listeners have probably heard most of them. But I mean, we're talking zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds you know, top speed of 250 miles an hour and a range of over 600 miles. Um, that's just, that's nuts. I mean, that's, you just come right out and, and blow away basically all of the other hypercar competition out there. Uh, well, I don't, yeah, don't know. Like, oh, wait, hang
2: on. Not so fast, right? Because Fisker, everybody remembers Fisker, uh, you know, the one that went bottom up and then came back. But Fisker... The zombie electric car company? No, that's different. That's like the zombie is somebody
0: else that's building uh old Mustangs and calling them zombies. Oh I mean, so no, oh, no, I meant that they, oh sorry, I meant that they died and came back to life is where yeah, I was coming.
2: No, I realized that, that, but let's not confuse people. <laughs> um no, so Fisker is back, apparently, and they're claiming a solid state battery breakthrough uh with five hundred miles of range and one minute charging. Which that's nuts. If what mm-hmm. they're claiming is really a thing, right? Let's let's say that it's actually a thing here and it's really going to happen. That's a game changer. Because one minute times for recharging, man, like that's.
1: That's, that's less what it time would, than pumping gas.
2: Yeah, that's what it's really going to take to get people on the electric car bandwagon.
1: Yeah, for sure, because, I mean, right now, even with a 600-mile range on this Roadster, I mean, that's still, you know, granted, that's twice what most, you know, gas-powered vehicles get, but you still have that downtime while you're charging, right? Um, you can't just stop at a pump and fill up in five minutes. Um, right. And so, yeah, if Fisker can do what they say they're doing there with that solid-state technology, that's going to be, um, I mean, that could blow EVs, you know, right into mainstream use there uh
0: um, yeah right just because i, I think
2: that's something that we've been waiting for um from just about everybody to be honest with you
0: well so like here's the thing with that though i mean we're, we're we're starting to get into this uh this era of a lot bigger batteries right so you know the i can't remember how you know how many kilowatt the original tesla roadster was but it was under 150 right it was fifty-three kilowatts, right? So now we're talking the Roadster is two hundred kilowatts. There's a lot of, you know, the P one hundred Model S is hundred kilowatts. Um, you know, these these things are. This is a like non-trivial amounts of power, right? So, like your house, generally speaking, people used to say that your house used one kilowatt a day of electricity. Okay, so in order to charge something like this in one minute, I that that's that's a you're talking about some pretty, you know, big cables. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah you're you're, you're going like, to have to upgrade the, the electric infrastructure to your home or garage. Well, and to like power stations, right? Like if you have, you know, like a group of guys driving their, let, let's say, let's let's say the technology comes to, you know, the Model S. So, somebody, people are driving around, on this, you know, on a Saturday or something, you know, with their Model S's and four of them pull up to a charging station and all plug in at the same time, you know. Yeah, right. Sure. I mean, all the, the lights in the whole town dim. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: You're talking huge loads as far as that goes, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to see some problems with like home charging and shit like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. also to like to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because you're talking about, you know, a year's worth of power for your no- house normally being used, you know, charged up in one minute. You know what I mean, and also too, like like this technology may not be as far off. Like to me, it's not the one minute thing sounds a little far fetched. Like oh, I yeah, don't exactly. Yeah, yeah, understand. Yeah. But like to bring that home a little bit, um, the Rimac company, um, they partnered with a another company, um, I, I think it was App Plus or something like that back in 2014, and they made a 38 kilowatt hour battery, and they were able to charge it in 15 minutes. That's very
2: that's um, impressive, too.
0: Right. And that was, you know, three, four years ago. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's definitely it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. Like the, you know, and also like with phones and stuff the last couple of years with fast charging support, you know, like it doesn't take very long to get you know, your phone charged up to 80%. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm the new battery technology, I think is going to be super interesting. And we've been waiting for. A hundred years <laughs> for you know like aside from lithium, like lithium was a huge jump, obviously, but um but yeah, we've been waiting a long time. That that next huge jump in battery technology, not just for EVs, but as
1: that trickles down to all other things, I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be just an exponential leap forward and and you know, what we're seeing and not just electric vehicles but consumer electronics and all kinds of other stuff. I mean
0: so that's interesting. Like, I mean, I guess it kind of makes a lot of sense. Right. But I wouldn't have like battery technology has trickled down from, you know, devices and stuff into automotive. Is you think that's going to reverse, you think that's going to be like automotive is going to be like the pinnacle of battery technology. And then,
1: well, I don't know. I mean, Hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're right. I mean, it has kind of come from, from consumer electronics and mobiles and that's what, you know, that's what auto companies are basing their you know their research on i guess i don't know i guess i'm not that you know not familiar enough with it
2: yeah i don't know you got to think about it right yeah as that kind of stuff uh happens anyway um i think you you will see a shift a little bit more to uh auto as being the leader rather than the follower for some of these things um which is i guess kind of the nature of the beast as auto comes back to the forefront of design right i mean you think about it uh 40s 50s 60s right the stuff that was going into cars was um cutting edge technology a lot of the time right i mean the radios right. and how compact stuff had to be as far as that goes to be able to get it to fit and work etc um some of that kind of stuff was very cutting edge. And then we got kind of, we got away from it as, um, as technology started to outpace transportation. Um, but now transportation's catching up to technology, which, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing.
1: Yeah.
0: So will it leapfrog yeah. again? Well, actually, so, um, actually, so that kind of goes into a couple of things. The, uh, so I was looking at, sorry, I'm trying to think of a way to shorten this, but we might have like a long circle around to get back to this. But um, <laughs> I was trying to look into how some of these like bespoke car supercar companies like actually make money, right? Because if you look at like how much the cars sell for, and then you think about like the staff size, you know, like these are like top tier people that they're getting to work on this stuff. And like like these companies couldn't be profitable based on car sales alone, right? And so, and Mike and I have talked about this in the past, I think, to some extent, but like, um, like Koenigsegg, right? Like a ton of manufacturers are sourcing Koenigsegg components and technology to bring them into like mass production. Um, RIMAC is the same deal. Like a bunch of their technology is being, you know, looked at and purchased by large car companies um, to do, you know, and I think, I think that's where they, that might very well be where they actually make the majority of their money instead of like actual um, car sales. But we're in this, this time right now that's insane as far as like leapfrogging technology. Like I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out of the auto industry again, um, which has kind of been vacant for a number of years. Right. Like, but I think we're going to see a lot of technology coming out of autos and kind of coming into our normal everyday life kind of situations um batteries maybe being one um but you know like weird stuff is happening happening with cars right now like the roadster even like rimac is like they're defying like kind of like common known limitations of physics yeah right <laughs> and so the implications of that are you know like who knows what we could be end up doing like even you know rimac's like torque vectoring is insane um and yeah i don't know like maybe other types of forms of transportation and safety and you know speed could all come from you know a lot of these now electric essentially electric car makers
2: uh yeah it, i mean it, it remains to be seen right um we've still got quite a while before the electric car becomes uh mainstream enough i guess to really lend its technology to uh to consumers anyways but yeah i mean there's definitely how much how much time do you think what before the electric cars mainstream or before or
0: before stuff starts to bleed over electric cars mainstream let's say
2: at least 10 years interesting at least 10 years
0: what do you think adam hmm
2: Wait, define mainstream.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, what what's mainstream? Does that mean or that the major, you know, over 50% of households have one? I mean, or are we
2: talking or are we talking just like a significant enough percent because right now the electric car as a percentage of sales, the amount of electric cars that are sold just in the US, let's not even go worldwide, just in the US, you're probably looking at like half to 1%.
0: Okay, so, uh, I mean, I guess we can go. Like, I guess we'd have to pick a definition of mainstream, right? But if it was li- like, because I was going to use the thing, like, okay, like right now when people go buy go to buy a car, like they have to make the decision, like, oh, do I want to get an electric car or do I want to get, you know, like a normal gas or hybrid car? And we're actually kind of like already at that that step. Like, if Model Three production was what it was, what it should be. Um, you know, that would be a va- like a totally valid option for a lot of people. Um, you know, and then we have, you know, China expecting to sell however many million, like what was it, 1.5 million electric cars a year or something like that um, in the not too distant future, 2020 or 2025, right? Yeah, but, you, um, but
2: think about that still, right? So the U.S. auto market, and I'm only using the U.S. because I'm more familiar with it, right? Um, but the U.S. auto market currently is like a, a fifteen to seventeen million unit per year market. Um, mm-hmm. To date, I just pulled up the numbers to date for this year, as of uh, September, I believe. September this year, as of as of September first, the, the the total auto sales in the U.S. were eleven million three hundred fifty eight thousand. Right, that's mm-hmm. all manufacturers. So if you were to look at what the percentage of electric vehicle sales are in that time frame, you're probably looking at, yeah, like a hundred thousand units maybe I'd guess I'd guess that'd be the high end. I don't know, but I'd guess that's probably close to the high end mm-hmm. which is less than one percent
1: according to Wikipedia, it's point nine percent in two thousand and sixteen for plugins
2: so there's been been roughly yeah roughly uh 100,000 sold well i guess guess it'd be like 150,000 if it's for 2016.
0: well plugins though mean things like hybrids too yeah just potentially so
2: yeah but that's for for all intents and purposes as far as we're concerned that's fine um only because it shows people getting used to using a car as an electric car, right? Which means plug, being able to plug it in versus the Volt, which doesn't, well, I guess the Volt you can plug in, um, but versus some of the other hybrids, right? Where it's still run purely off of uh, gasoline generators. So
0: there's no plug-in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I think that all of the major auto companies are going to have an affordable electric solution by 2020 or right around there somewhere. Right. And so I kind of suspect that, you know, in the next like three to four years, electric cars though, you know, there's already like high end availability. If you want an electric car, people love their Tesla's the model X and the model S and everything. Um, and then you have, I don't know what the sales number for the, you know, the Chevy bolt and the, you know, some of those things are, but, it seems like once you cross that 300 mile range kind of limitation that things like really start to take off. Right. And maybe the, you know, that the battery, the solid state battery solution could potentially be, you know, that could be huge for it. Um, The roadster, the new Tesla roadster is supposed to have a six over a 600 mile range. Um, That's pretty insane. And you know, in and of itself. So if that's any inkling, you know, of things to come. Well, so,
2: and see, that's something else too, right? As we're sitting here talking about electric cars, I, I get to thinking about mainstream again. And even if we were to define mainstream as a, a percentage of sales per year, right? So say mainstream is whatever, 5% of sales of auto sales per year, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know, roughly uh, accurate numbers, right? What about used cars, right? So- right there's there's a portion of the population that would beg to differ that mainstream means everybody can use one or can get access to one or or know about one or whatever right like the internal combustion engine is mainstream in that it's in it's in freaking everything right mm-hmm. um but diesel is still arguably not mainstream even though there's a significant amount of vehicles that are powered by diesel engines,
0: right? And now we get back to the the Tesla Semi, right. and not just the Tesla Semi, right? Like there's like Mercedes, and like a lot of people are trying to enter that market too.
2: So I, I guess I don't have a good answer. It's just good, it's going to be interesting to watch. I suppose. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. It'll be fun to observe. <laughs> I, I just. I think, like, if you listen to people's numbers, I think we're, like, around three to five years ahead of what people were talking about five years ago. So, like, you know, or even 10, like, especially 10 years ago. And if you look at it, like, how, you know, like, how that kind of has been ramping up, um, I think there's a lot of people that if the Model 3 was available, let's say, <laughs> with not a two-year wait, um, that they would be buying that. And I don't know if you guys have seen like, like Doug DeMiro has a really good review of the model three, but I I was not impressed with it, the interior on that car. And like, I've, I don't know if it's just like getting older or something, but like, you know, or driving a lot in the last, you know, few years, but interior is a big deal to me. Like that was like a, you know, like I would go for a model S over a model three for sure. Like a used model S over a model three for sure. Oh, yeah. But there's, you know, a ton there's a ton of people that want the Model 3. So and there's a ton of people that want the Model S. They're selling like what 25,000 a month now or something.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um Tesla, Which Tesla is, is not like, listed in 2016 sales figures.
0: So <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's what I mean too. Like um the numbers like 100,000 electric vehicles. I I think that's probably a low estimate. Yeah. I I Um, just noticed
2: that they didn't include Tesla, which is odd to me.
0: Yeah. Hmm. But you know, the model S is like fairly, um, you know, like they don't, they have like production, I think fairly figured out with it and they do sell quite a few of them.
1: Yeah. It's definitely the most common one you see on the road. That's for sure. You know,
0: -hmm. Although that it's kind of funny that said, like the last couple days, I've seen two Model Xs uh, and no Model Ss. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So okay, so Tesla delivers about twenty five thousand vehicles per quarter. So that alone is just about a hundred thousand. Hmm. Going going forward, anyway. So yeah, so you're talking about, you know, if you figure in other, you know, like the Nissan Leaf and different things, like. Probably, you know, close to 200,000.
2: Yeah, the numbers may be a little higher than uh, I initially thought, but I still don't. I don't know. It's going to take some time. I mean, it's going to take infrastructure improvements. It's going to take some time.
0: Which and actually, yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but you know how Tesla is building out their charging system, right? Um, infrastructure or whatever. BMW is going to do that, too. But I haven't heard anything about. About that.
2: Speaking of BMW, did you see that the old BMW that has a second life due to electric vehicle technology? No. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the world's quickest EV is an old BMW.
0: Really? Huh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it was uh, an electric uh, electric car that was built by the Rimac founder.
0: Oh, so that is... Not the fastest one anymore, but it was in two thousand. Yeah, okay, so it used to be, yeah, right, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it it used. It was uh, in two thousand and eleven. So, so the Rimac, um, the Rimac whole company is like really interesting, and I'm trying to learn more about them. But he started the way that the way that Rimac got started out, and I feel like Mike, this could be, you know, the way something starts for starts for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he he was racing an E thirty um, BMW and the engine blew up and he decided instead of putting, like just replacing the engine that he wanted to go full electric. So he spent like a year converting his BMW to electric. And then he just like started tweaking on that and it got up to like 600 horsepower and started setting all these like electric vehicle records. And, uh, I think it had a range of, like 120 miles, which was really good at the time. Um, and it was kind of all around the same time that the Tesla Roadster came out. Um, so it was definitely, it was like quite a bit faster than the Tesla Roadster, um, but had like a little bit less range and, you know, some, some compromises here and there, but that's kind of how I, I, I basically, if you did do it in normal car terms, I basically assume that he just like started hot riding this electric car. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, how it, that worked. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he got like whatever kind of funding and stuff he got, which now RIMAC has a hundred Open positions on their website. If you go there, like, and you want to go work for Rimac, you can uh, go apply. So, are you applying? Um, they didn't have any jobs that fit my CV, unfortunately. Uh, in
2: other words, you're too comfortable at home, and you don't want to have to travel <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, it's tough. It must be it must be a tough life to be as uh,
0: I, as discerning yeah. as you are, Tom. Yeah, and also like. <laughs> I'd like to go visit Croatia before making some kind of, like, employment commitment. Yeah, right. I actually, I actually would like to go visit there because I've heard there's been a lot of neat stuff going on there. But I, uh, although that's not a bad idea, if I just sent my resume in, maybe I could get, you know, a free trip.
2: Yeah, you never know. Maybe they'll pay for you to go visit Croatia, you know.
0: And then on top of that, we could interview them while they were interviewing me. Th- this is a good idea, Mike. I, I actually. Tom,
2: submit your resume.
0: Okay, I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
2: Do it for the the better, the the greater good. That's the term I'm looking for. For the cars
0: unfiltered listeners. For the cars unfiltered listeners, yes. Tom
2: is going to go fake interview with somebody
0: just for you guys. (laughs) Just that's that's what
2: we just talked about.
0: And by the way, I will do that anytime.
2: (laughs) So send all the company information that you know about to Tom, and he will submit resumes. uh, Some probably fake and other ones not to see if he can gain (laughs) employment at these car companies and uh, then try to interview them like that's just to interview an engineer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And actually funny thing, like I tried to get an interview with Detroit electric and they also like, they wouldn't tell me anything. They wouldn't even talk to us. Yeah. They just kind of said they wouldn't. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Yep. So shout out to them. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
2: next time They'll, they'll learn next time.
0: That's right. Oh, But yeah, so that's it's kind of I really really think that we're headed towards this. I mean, if you just think about the numbers, like if you just go through and like read the stats on some of these cars, you know the the Koenigsegg Regera is putting down almost nineteen hundred horsepower. This Tesla Roadster is going to be doing something. Oh, actually, this is the other thing that's crazy. So if you notice on the website, this I solved this by the way. I'm curious if you guys what what you uh, solve. Able to solve this so on the website, on the website, um, for the Tesla Roadster, it says the wheel torque is 10,000 newton meters. Okay, okay, um, and that is equal to if I remember, I i, sh- I knew I should have wrote this down. Um, it's a lot of foot pounds. Okay, I'm gonna put that, I'm gonna, it's like 7,300 foot pounds of torque or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Still listening. So,
2: okay. What should, where are we getting? Where yep. are we going?
0: Well, I mean, that's like a lot. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Okay. So, like, like what... Uh, well, okay. <laughs> Is that the so essentially, your
2: point, or, or, or are we going further with that? Does this?
0: it... I mean, a vehicle with 7,000, 8,000 foot-pounds of torque? I mean, yeah, that's a lot of torque, but tires aren't going to stick. Well, I mean, according to... Like, if you watch the video, apparently they do, right? So here's the thing I figured out because I couldn't understand like what was going on. This is actually only 10% more uh, wheel torque than the model S has right now. Huh? Okay. So, because I had to go back, there's actually a good post on ours, technica where they kind of like reference other like people's Twitter posts and different things. But so it's because it's the, it's wheel torque has all the gear reduction involved, right? For the transmission and stuff. Right. So, so that's how they got to... Which is kind of funny, like, Tesla's basically just, like, picking a really fun number to post, which they're really good at. But, yeah, it's only a ludicrous mode P100 has, like, 9,300 foot-pounds of torque, or newton-meters of torque. So, so this thing is putting down 1.90 to 60, and it's only got, like, another 1,000 newton-meters of torque. So... And it also has a battery that's twice the size, and it's also a four seater. So what does that tell you? Like I, I don't, this I car can't, has can't really to be re- tell us. It tells you that this car has to be stupid light, right? <laughs> like it it must be seriously low weight.
2: I agreed. All right. Now now we know where you were going with that. But yes, but I think we already knew about that.
0: Well, I didn't know well no, I didn't know about the, I didn't understand the Newton meter. Maybe I, I could have been the only one. I think but I didn't understand the whole ten thousand newton meter thing for torque their torque numbers. I think you're the only one. <laughs> <sighs> Probably.
2: <laughs> Just another one of those days for Tom. Learning things all the time.
0: Hey, you have to admit, you know, my life must be interesting at the rate that I learned things.
2: It I would imagine it would be. Yeah. See. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it would be.
0: So, yeah, let me see. Do we have... Just for our reader's
2: reference, future reference, there is exactly 1.35 Newton meters per foot pound. So, actually, when... And I thought this was correct. um, When you're calculating, if you have a larger... um,
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike's learning stuff too. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to describe
2: this because I'm thinking, I haven't thought about it and you just brought it up and now I've got to think about it backwards. Uh, So yeah, you're always going to have more Newton meters than you would have foot pounds.
0: Right. But still dude, like you think about it like a car or a truck, like the F the super duty F one fifty has like 900 foot pounds of torque. Right. Which would be roughly equivalent to like
2: 1200 Newton meters.
0: Right, but that's at the crank. So, the, and this is where like the thing like got me on their marketing for the Roadster. Right, it's like they're like wheel torque. So at first, I was like, I like looked up how many foot pounds you know ten thousand newton meters was. And I was like, what? Like seven seventy five hundred, you know foot pounds. Like you know that's like ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I f- finally figured out it was it's wheel torque, which is the thing that got me slightly. Okay. Um. And gear reduction and stuff. Yeah,
2: and that's why dynos have the fifty-two, fifty-two.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also the a P one hundred um in ludicrous mode is puts down like nine hundred and twenty foot pounds of torque. That's quite a bit. Wow. Yeah. That's quite. That's not shabby. That's impressive. So that means that the Roadster is probably going to put down a like probably almost a thousand.
2: I think it's time for me to start tuning (laughs) on my old Mustang, Tom yeah yep because (laughs) our truck is not going to have that kind of horsepower which brings us to your weekly 5 5000 update hey how about that look at that segue (laughs) nice yeah right getting better at this podcasting thing um yeah speaking of a wheel torque we currently don't have any wheels on our truck because i've removed the rear end um i pulled the rear radius rods which is an old uh axle locating mechanism uh that ford used to use some other people used to use them too but ford was your your biggest proponent of that um i pulled those off i pulled the uh the torque tube off and i'm working on cleaning up the uh uh the radius rods currently so that they're nice and smooth and we can get them in for powder coating but uh, yeah that's that's our current status um There should be some pictures or video or something to go along with that that we'll uh, we'll be sure to link to on the website. So so yeah, that's that's our update for now.
0: Well, and it's cool because I was actually like, uh, okay, albeit there's not like a whole lot to this truck, which is nice about stuff from that era, right? But what people I would think probably saw last was like the cab was on it. There's the bed was on it, um, you know, wheels and everything. It actually was kind of like it kind of ran. Here sorta, here and there. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, kinda. Mike has it all down, the cabs off, the beds off, the ax rear axles off, um drive line, pretty much everything except the transmissions out. So just it's basically like a frame with front wheels, no rear <laughs> wheels, and an engine and transmission. It's, and a radiator. That's it. Yeah, that's, so yeah,
2: that's pretty much it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. And uh part of me was really hoping that the sale of the Torino would have fallen through so that we could take that. Oh, but man, sadly... It's going through. Yeah, it's going through. So, so Tom,
2: you're going to be stuck with me in that little tiny truck for I know like I two weeks straight.
0: I need to stop <laughs> eating now in order to... And, the less I eat, the more room I'll have in the cab. You know,
2: uh, worst case scenario, you just won't be able to eat while we're in the truck because there's no room to store food anywhere. So...
0: That's true. So I mean, 10 days we do to be able to lose some weight in the truck. We do need to figure out maybe like some hanging bags of jerky or something. Though. <laughs> yeah, I'll put in like a jerky rack under the seat. You know, what? we could just have like racks like up by the engine cover and that could we could make jerky as we're driving.
2: There, no, but dude, we could make steak. Let's just put it right next to oh, the exhaust manifold yes. and we'll just cook up
0: some steaks while we're cruising. That sounds. We can hide barbecue sauce in the hubcaps.
2: The uh, the downside of this, though, we I think, yeah, I think barbecue sauce has some lubricating properties that we may want to uh, to look into here. But the da- yeah. the downside of that is, whatever heat is required to cook a steak will be taken away from us in the cab to keep us warm.
0: Well, we could okay. So we could. So so what Mike's talking about? There's there's a heater that he got um well i'm just talking
2: about heat transfer and how it works and whatever the engine's putting out is what the engine puts out and if the, the steak absorbs it then we don't
0: well I, I this could be okay though because the heater that you got you know it, the coolant runs from the engine into the cab through this radiator in the you know in the cab and we could cook the steak on the radiator in the cab instead of in the engine and then we would have, <laughs> have that steak smell oh yeah the yeah, whole time pretty which good, i yeah. i'd be okay with yeah
2: we'd have to clean that radiator though and i don't think that would be easy
0: Oh, tinfoil. Good to go.
2: There we go. All right. Hey, look, all yeah. right. So we're going to come out with So look for, from cars unfiltered soon, there will be a, how to cook in your vehicle, uh, yeah. by, by vehicle year. We're going to break it down by year and model, and we're going to tell you how to cook and it's going to be a cookbook specific for whatever vehicle you've got. See, there you go.
0: That's not a bad idea. So we'll put we should, yes, look, that's a good idea. Look for
2: that as a copyrighted book on the, uh, the cars unfiltered, uh, um, publisher <laughs> cars unfiltered publishing is going to release yep. that book <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like i like this how to make scrambled eggs on your tesla roadster
2: there you go um i think you first have to get into an accident and then the battery catches fire and then that's kind of how that works
0: no that would be like a, a rotisserie <laughs> kind of a recipe at that point
2: oh yeah that's true that's a little bit more yeah. uh, you know open.
0: The, uh... yeah yeah I'm pretty sure. you Yeah. Good. Open pit. I like that. I think <laughs> the scrambled eggs is more of the heat sinks on the batteries can accomplish this. No problem. I'm pretty sure. So you just have to like crack some eggs and a thing on top of the heat sinks, do a couple drag runs. And I think you got eggs. Hey, that it might be possible. Might be possible.
2: Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're getting down to our time here. We're trying to keep this one kind of short because we've all got places <laughs> to be today. Uh, and we failed.
0: Yeah, we did. So <laughs>
2: I'm going to thank everyone for listening and uh tune in next week for some more uh, some more car talk
0: and check us out on anger fm and itunes podcasts and youtube and all the facebook and instagram and twitter and wave at us if you see us in real wave at us if you see us in real life but
2: don't wave at tom because he gets scared easily <laughs>
0: that's true
1: <laughs> all right <laughs>